Hello and welcome to Cardition It, the podcast about all things Kardashian. I'm Marcy Jaro. I'm Jessica Jardin. Jessica! Marcy! It's the last episode of season who knows what season it is. I don't remember. Um, I thought of, you know, it was obviously, you know, the last time we did this go round. Uh, I ate at Carousel this week. Not even, not even putting it together. Um, what a sweet thing. Yeah, one of the days it was raining recently. I grabbed a little lunch there because it's very close by. And I was like, Hey, we had like a fun finale episode where we like uh, ate a bunch of carousel together yes. and toasted to our fave family on their reunion or on their um, finale episode. So anyways, um, full yeah, circle, full it's circle, a circle of and life. I think it's like our year anniversary or I think something so too. <gasps> Maybe oh, so we do something a little special soon to celebrate. We deserve it. We deserve it. I deserve something mm. nice to happen we in my life. We nice to happen. Um, so we're going to do a little catch up. We have a special guest we're going to be bringing on later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her name is Kate Casey, and she has a podcast called Reality Life with Kate Casey. And this woman knows everything in the fucking world. Oh, my God. No one might be watching more reality than her no she's like it's her full-time job yeah. she has like she's killing it she has her fifth child on the way <laughs> and she watches every damn reality show and yeah. then talks to amazing people yeah on, she is like real deal guests yeah she's like a i don't know like more of a journalist than we are about this <laughs> yeah. yeah it's gonna be a fun and informative episode for you yeah. guys yeah um so get ready for that but before that we gotta talk we had a big weekends jess yes you go first oh my god okay yes i need to hear everything i'm so excited i kind of told you a lot about it because i was just you didn't bursting you did not i didn't tell you all of it but i have been like telling everybody oh since sunday night okay 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 I did a show Sunday night for every town, which benefits um, ending gun violence in America. And I'm very excited anyway to just do that show. So cool. Uh, with my UCB house team search history. Powerhouse team. Powerhouse team. Um, and our guest monologist was Jonathan Venice from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh my God. Uh, if you are not watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy on Netflix right now, the new reboot of it, it is so good it's the most important thing it is happening and everyone in the world is talking about it it is so special it is so joyful it is cathartic it is the most 2018 in all the right ways it's so beautiful and it is like oh they're taking these like uh, uh a truly a rainbow of queer men uh and they're all different types they're all different they're uh, beautiful but in these unexpected and unique yes. ways and they're just like people they're real just they're just real people oh my yes. god i love that show so much i could cry right now just <laughs> i mean it's so good and then they're meeting with real like real they're in men. georgia these men who like oh my and god the, the, the men that they're meeting with have all they're all they, they range from like you know like i don't want to ruin it but they just they run the gamut of like the the type of men who do yeah. need help not just with their look, but with their soul. Oh my god! And the show is like chicken soup for it the is soul. Really enjoyable, and you should watch it. He also, really nailed it. Jonathan Venice might be the crown jewel. He is so special. Maybe you've seen him on Game of Thrones. He does the recaps of Game of Thrones, and he is a hairstylist in LA. And he's just like 
everything. I'm like, I was like so excited to meet him. And I couldn't believe that Darcy, you got to do a show with him. Darcy Carden, who is also on The Good Place on NBC, um, was like, oh, do you not know him? I was like, no. And I was like, I'm like shitting a brick to meet him. And so I walked over and she's like, Jonathan, this is Marcy. And he goes, oh my God, love the fringe, love the waves. Cause I, I dressed up for I him. I would too. Oh I would God. be, I would desperately need to look good. Uh, Cause you know, I'm really sensitive about my dry hair right now. Uh, <laughs> oh but I curl, I like moisturized and curled <laughs> it up and, and he immediately like puts his hand on my shoulder and then just brings me into the fold. And I felt like soulmates with him immediately. Oh. He never stops talking. Really? But he makes you feel so attended to. Oh. He is the kindest, sweetest, warmest man. And I loved him immediately. Like, and I felt like he loved me immediately. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Oh my God. I just was like, he is like a true ray of sunshine. I love him. And he is exactly what you see on the show, but even better because it's real. He's so authentic. I mean, just good, good, good. And we started talking about like Oprah and Louise Hayes and we, he's just on the same wavelength and like, Oh, I I may have this wrong, but, um, Aaron Gibson, who's a lovely UCB gal, Uh So he was her hairstylist yeah. and that she just was like throwing shade. Aaron Gibson. Yes. And who's lovely. And, um, and then, yeah, it was, she was like, this is just the most delightful human and created gay of Thrones. So she was the EP of it for, she was, it was when she was at funny or die. And she was like, this person has to be on camera. He is everything. And it's like, I mean, she did not, I don't mean to take any credit because obviously he will be, he was always going to be a star uh, or have Aaron get uh, all of it. But it's like, oh my God, how amazing that just like, and he's like just 30 and like doing, he feels so, he feels like a really evolved soul. Did he do improv? No, he just, we like interviewed him because I was like, you can do a scene. He was like, no, I'd be Ah! too nervous. But we were definitely like, you can come to any show. Also like. I feel like he knows a lot about the Kardashians. So like Shut I should up. maybe ask him to be on Man, don't this. Don't tease me. I mean, I don't know how busy he is because he's like, they're in the thick of like promoting, but like hopefully they get a million more seasons. Oh my God. He is so wonderful. He did a backflip I was just going to say, you stage. have to tell the audience that they did a backflip. Because he used to be a, he was a high school and college cheerleader. And we're oh. like, can you still, I was like, when's the last time you did a backflip? And he's like, months ago. And then he just like got up and he's like, she did it. She can. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh my God. He like brings me like he made me feel like a better person after meeting him. Oh, Marcy. And like what a special gift he is to the world. I I mean that like not to be like the hokiest, but like that is truly the magic of like television or and far reaching platforms and like videos that reach a lot of people. Like the idea that like this treasure exists. Yeah. Someone put a camera on him, put him in the perfect medium that allowed him to shine in exactly the way he really needs and should be. And And that now everybody is like, oh, this treasure that we all get now and like you this- know he's gotten some flack because people have been like he's too much and he's like you will not fem shame me oh uh, like because he is fat he is like truly like a fabulous man uh. and, or you know like and he was like no i won't be or she because no, the kid he calls himself she too and i feel like he's pretty fluid with it uh but like yeah like i think if sh- the whole point of the show is yeah. all about really being your actual self like who are you who is your actual actual self and how can we bring that out and let it shine it's like he is that he is that is that is who that man is you know yeah, there's not there's nothing inauthentic about him like he is real 
God, I love him. Oh, I, love I can't believe you know Jonathan now. I feel like, I don't know if this is as deep of a connection on his side, but for me, it really was. Let's just, let's just assume it is. Because okay. you are a treasure and I'm sure he had a really good time and I bet you made him laugh really hard. I, I know mean, this. Edith was like, BB, you're so funny. Yeah. And I, was like, I love you. <laughs> Jonathan. Like, I was like, was I want good. to consume you. <laughs> I was like, I want to drink you up. <laughs> oh, that makes me really happy. But you had a really big weekend, too. I had a big weekend. And Tell then I have an update. about it. I have an update for you at the very end, which I don't know if we've gotten to talk about. But um, yeah, I got to go on Saturday to the Independent Spirit Awards Film Independence Spirit Awards is what they're called now um, and run by Film Independent, which is the nonprofit. And they are always traditionally the night before the Oscars. Um, it means that all, you can get a lot of stars because it's the night before the Oscars and everyone's yes, in town. Everyone's in town and they're ready to party. And they're ready to party and it's a cool event. It's also in a like big tent. Great host. Yeah. It's in a big tent on basically on the beach in Santa Monica. Um, hosted this year for the second year in a row by John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Um, and my husband wrote on it uh, last year and this year. And um, I last year I did not go to the show, um, but this year I got to go. And so Dave Ferguson's wife, Katie, and I went together and it was just like a fucking blast. Like it was almost a total washout because it was pouring rain all day Friday. Oh, the right. tent was the tent was truly like soaked and it was like it, everybody was thinking it was maybe going to be no shows because also there was a huge storm on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. So lots of flights were concerts. It was like uh, canceled and it was just sort of like looking really dicey and like it was just going to be this kind of like maybe half empty rainy freezing event. And then Saturday morning, like the sun came out and everyone showed up yeah. and it was just exciting. Yeah. So I was not like particularly close to anybody, but it was like. Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell and Chalamet and like all the stars came. Kristen Wiig did a really funny bit. I got just seeing her was like probably the greatest joy. Uh, Janelle Monae, who I'm like currently very obsessed with. Yeah, I love her new song. Our it's new very song Prince. So What's the name of that song? Um, Make Me Feel. I think it's yes, Make Me Feel. Yes, It was it's just very Prince like vibe. It was it. very, very, very fun. Um, And I am never above and never too cool for just like fully gawking at celebrities and that shit is my jam and so i so pretty they're so beautiful and they're they dressed act so weird in person oh sometimes. my god and their heads are really big and their bodies are really small so skinny it's so funny uh chalamet was like having more fun than any human alive <gasps> and was I just bet. like laughing having a year oh my god and greta gerwig was there and saoirse ronan and like it was just all of them came and it was really just like uh i just got to be a little creeper and oh. peep at everybody it was very fun it was really fun um um, but I, what I wanted to mention, because I've had some listeners be very lovely about my last one of these. I have another Holly Weird show. Oh, who's going to be in it? Do you not know? I no. posted it today. Do you not know? I didn't see that you were saying TBD today. Okay. My guest. It was very, I was frantic about being able to top Angeline. And I've been really like having a hard time. And there was someone who I was like, if I could get this guest that would pretty much make it as far as how I really want this show I, to go. Like, My guess for it's next I'm, Thursday for anyone in LA. I have like a open mouth smile right now. Cause I'm waiting. It's so next Thursday, March 15th at eight 30 PM at UCB sunset. If anyone wants to come, come to LA. Um, our friend Betsy is going to be interviewing with me. Kato, Caitlin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. I got to tell you on air. Oh my I God. 
Cato. God, that's why it says Cato in our notes. Yep. But I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) Well, your assumption wouldn't be, oh, I'm sure it's It's Cato Cato Kalen because we're talking about him all the time. I mean, do you think he's going to have a fan in front of his face like Angeline? God, I would die. So he like truly is so game. I tweeted at him. He tweeted back at me, DM me, gave me his manager's contact. I emailed her. My God. He's doing it. I tweeted about it. He retweeted it and responded today he loves emojis everybody go to my twitter look at kato responding to me with a zillion emojis at jjjla at jjla guys it's gonna be wild kato caitlin is gonna let me interview him at ucb my god and i have no idea what's gonna happen can he come on this podcast and just tell us what he thinks about the kardashians i think yes i mean i think the answer is yes ask him um so yes, we're <gasps> next by this time, or no, not by this time next week, right before, and yeah, so in two episodes, I'll be able to tell you how it went, but um, I'm freaking out. That's it was like so cool. Really Jess. exciting. I'm really, really excited. So that just happened today, um, and yeah, we'll see. It'll Our be- lives. It's really wild. So that's my update, but yeah, we should get into the news. Yeah, we got some news. Okay. Um, well, first up, I have Kim with Madonna and Cardi B. Oh, yeah. This was at the um, Oscar after party. Yeah, was it was Madonna. Madonna. It said Madonna hosts like an annual after ah. party. And so and it's like very, very big, like good celebs come to it. Um, Some, them good, good celebs. The good, good celebs. <laughs> the good celebs. I mean, I mean, if you have Cardi B, Kim Kardashian and Madonna. You killed it. You killed it. Also, like, can I just say this? This is not nice, but I want Cardi and Kim to be be better i want them to be friends yeah because cardi needs a better wig than she was wearing (laughs) it wasn't well kim doesn't like wigs though marcy yeah but kim's wearing wigs oh no i know she's talking about it too many um, times i don't know she said she doesn't though it's not a wig this is not a wig this is not a wig this is not a wig i don't wear wigs i hate wigs why would we be talking about wigs who's talking about wigs i mean it's crazy um yes i love that they were all hanging out that's very fun uh this next one i this rocked me trouble in paradise as um, you titled it so uh that Eunice and courtney apparently did a little of the old social media unfollowing yeah and then he deleted his account and then he put- i think she like deleted hers and then she, she deleted her instagram and then reactivated it I don't know what's going on. I don't either. And it's in this episode. I talk about, I'm going to talk about this later in this episode, but like, I feel like my, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't see this lasting long. Well, I mean, he's definitely of, you know, uh, an age when most men definitely want to settle down. (laughs) I mean, you know, 24 year olds love to take on a woman with three kids and a very chaotic ex, ex partner. (laughs) Who wanders through the house. And oh, climbs into bed God. with uh, his ex's mother. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, it doesn't seem good how that shakes out. But there has been so little drama that, and he's survived so much like Scott bullshit. Like I'm curious what I, what's going on. I love that it's just some good old fashioned childishness too. Yeah. Like unfollowing like when you're famous. Them. When famous people unfollow each other, I think it's or famous couples. It's so funny because I know that instinct and it does feel so good. It's like it feels so good to like delete and unfollow and just be a little bitch uh, on social media. And it's like how funny that when you're like, oh, famous people are the same. Well, people are saying sources are saying that everything is fine now. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. 
Nan followed and they followed back and everything is fine. Normal. It's normal. It's what normal people do. But I, I suspect we're going to see the end of this relationship unfold next season, which is great because we need content. We need content. All right. Speaking of this weekend's award. So <sighs> I'm eager to talk about this. Ryan Seacrest. What a mess. He put him on the red carpet. Chloe and like all and Chris were all tweeting about like, can't wait to see My Ryan. favorite interviewer. Guys, <sighs> you cannot support such bad men. Oh, and the you, family of enablers uh, is just publicly supporting it's someone. Like him and what's your Madugger from Girls Gone Wild. What's Madugger's name? What's Madugger? What's your Madugger? Um, what's what's Madugger's name? Joe Francis. Uh, Joe Francis. Good job. Yeah. Um, I just I you know what? We don't know exactly what happened there. But it doesn't seem good. Well, here's the thing. I was reading an article on The Cut that was talking about it's like E has just bungled this and they have a big issue right now, which yes. is that they've already bungled the Cat Sadler pay disparity issue, which they just never handled. Ugh. And now this and that they are not understanding that you can no longer just not do anything like in 2018. We're not accepting that. Like and you then, have to do something. Ryan Everybody just from keeps saying the investigation was inconclusive because they're saying that she has other another witness who witnessed multiple inappropriate actions from really? Ryan Seacrest. But they're saying that that witness, who's a man, is also uh, he's an unnamed source right now, but that he's also uh, a disgruntled ex-employee. And it's like, well, but any current employees you would fire like you fired the woman who's making these accusations. Like, it's just this like they're he like doesn't get it right now. Like they, they do, don't. But they're holding on to their money so tightly. Well, they don't they, they don't like, you're being nice by saying they don't get it. They don't give a shit. And they're taking care of money yeah, but over women. But it's, it's like not a don't get it. They're seeing how long no, they can keep this I'm money. No, but the part I'm saying they don't get is that like their fan base are is like women. And it's like women but who. also people are really, they're, they are. You're right. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. But like people aren't saying. I have friends who are like, I don't believe the Ryan Seacrest stuff. The whole point though is that what we're saying in, with Me Too and everything is not like, it's that we're saying that there has to be action. We can continue to like try and understand what's going on or not necessarily say like, we agree that it happened, but it's about saying like, okay, well the parent company is taking action until we have better, until we have more information or whatever it is. And this idea of just like, he's Ryan though, but it's the Oscars. Yeah. But we love him. Yeah, we get it. We know how much money he makes for you. We know he's like the crown prince of E, but also like the optics on it are just like not where we're at. And it's like, it just, it like makes me, I mean, what sucks is I'll just a hundred percent keep watching E, but it's like, ugh. yeah, but like how do like, if we don't like we're contributing. It was I'm really saying. odd too. The coverage was really odd. Like they kind of were like framing him in this weird way where he was kind of facing away. And then there was like, no, like none of the big actresses talked to him. And there was just, he got awkward. some real good shade from uh Taraji, P. which Henson. then she clarified after was like, I wasn't, I love Ryan and was mm, like, in I the wanted moment, it was to like, be shade. I did. Taraji, too. give us that. Um, but so there was a rating drop, 35% drop oh, from last year. Wow. Although overall the Oscars dropped 20%. So, but it was still, that's 15 more percent. So that's a, that's a lot. I'm so, very curious if they do anything. Um, and then we kind of, we'll touch on this a little bit later, but yeah. Um, people are upset, uh, about this Chloe wanting a son, but Tristan has a baby that's already a boy. Yeah, this whole storyline that was in this week's episode, because it's the big gender reveal episode for Chloe, 
and we get this whole backstory of like Tristan really wants a boy and everybody like on Twitter was like you have a boy yeah he's a child you don't talk about I need to know more about Tristan's baby mommy yeah I don't know a lot and I'm sure our listeners know a lot more than us so we will deep dive one day we didn't this week guys I'm so sorry we (gasps) opened it up but we did not do our um so Kendall had a a hospital trip pre-Oscars? I guess. I didn't realize that until today. I didn't either. I just saw that today. Um, So I guess she had um an allergic reaction to an IV drip that she got the night before the Oscars. Yeah. Like, I guess to like, so that she could be I think this partying. Is, all, yeah. Like, I think this thing. is like a celebby thing. Rich people thing. That yeah. You go that's get, we're like, always seeing them with their, with needles. Oh yeah. In remember there was that one where we, I, where like, Courtney was just doing? talking at the table and had an IV in her arm and it was like, wait, what? It's this thing that they do. So, uh, I guess she went to the hospital. Although I think she's like kind of a hypochondriac. Yeah. I can see I'm that. I'm sure, th- but like she has said before, one day I'm just going to be rushed to the hospital and you're all going to, and then you'll all see, like <laughs> she wants to be sick too bad, which is not good. Kendall crazy. It's not good. But also, I also, oh sorry, go ahead. Well, she also suffers from trip hop phobia. Um, how do you say that? I, I let me trip, look. Tripopoph. This is the phobia trip. where you're scared of like little, uh, <laughs> tripophobia. So the fear of irregular patterns or small holes. This is a thing which like my coworker was talking to me about having and I looked it up while she was talking and it came up on the, my screen and she almost had a panic attack. <gasps> like it was I did not understand this phobia for anyone. It's like oh, it's just sort of like no. repeating patterns and holes and like it's kind of grody looking, but it doesn't like I didn't I don't like it. But if you look it up, you'll get a bunch of like kind of gross images of just like tiny holes and things. But I like didn't think about it. And she was talking to me about it. And I was like, what is it again? <laughs> googled it and she was like truly screamed and like screamed in the middle of our office and like curled up and was like i thought i truly killed her i I didn't know what it was no you're bad and you know you're bad i didn't know it was like a visual you know just you've done a lot of nasty things in your day (laughs) i'm sure you um but yeah go google it guys and find out if you have it or not (laughs) you'll find out really killed you as well (laughs) you'll find out really fast if you have it uh and then the ladies had a big week on instagram yeah kim one uh okay i took issue with the louis vuitton snake okay i didn't see this okay so you did tell me uh, I, I kim just posted it's a it's an actual living snake okay with like the louis vuitton logo mm-hmm. on it Mm-mm. um i think it's why well, i don't know who did that to the snake i'll have to investigate that doesn't seem cool i don't love it and then on top of that like we're already you know using too much animal fur leather for you to like then kind of make a mockery of the snake it's a little it's a little cruel it's too i don't love there's it. a big she doesn't care for animals enough i can't imagine that that snake enjoyed any i mean i know snake enjoyment is maybe low on just, most people's priority list, <laughs> maybe but. she's just trying to like take the snake back i was gonna say Taylor. isn't there the snake image is already like this very complicated yeah, thing for her so I i'm think sure that might be a little bit that she wanted a little metal because then since people always put snake emojis she unblocked it Oh, interesting. So, um, Kimmy wild. Um, and then we had the topless noodle pick. So she's eating ramen yes. completely naked with just like a, a noodle hanging over her nipples. It's funny. She's so wild. Oh yeah. They've been on in Tokyo. They've been yeah. um, on this like very like anime inspired look. Like their looks are very like colorful. And yeah, there's a really cute pic of Chloe at, at like, um, that she's had so many gorgeous pregnancy photos. Um, I don't like the pink outfit she was wearing. It was just like the, very like 
pregnant you I know i just thought it was funny looking it was yeah it's not usually how i don't a, know about color blocking your belly yeah i don't think it's normally a look you see that much it didn't like it wasn't about the belly it just was like we don't like that outfit. i guess maybe because she's having a girl she wanted to show the world oh her yeah pink skirt whatever uh and then we had stormy's cheeks <gasps> on instagram this baby this baby's oh gonna be God, those are big cheekies it's a cute cute baby there's so many cute babies coming out right now Ooh, oh god <laughs> this summer got a bunch of blockbuster babies coming out huge babies coming i mean and i just mean in terms of cuteness but yeah i mean to go from week to week and having like chicago and then stormy it's like oh my god i can't wait for flopping <laughs> i don't know i was trying to think of a weird name and then i just said noises that were bad sounding I liked it. flopping um Easy. is that it for our news that's it well okay so we're yeah. gonna launch right in mm-hmm. um guys we have a special guest this week um she has her own podcast that is wildly successful this woman is watching every reality tv She's show out there um her name is uh kate casey and her podcast is called reality life with kate casey <laughs> you guys about the genesis of Kardashian at podcast which I love so tell me about how you started it um well we started with our lovely friend Jess Jessica came to Trish and I with this idea for the podcast because we love talking about the Kardashians over group texts and so Jess it was your idea right like I will happily take credit <laughs> um yeah we had the three of us had gotten into a groove of really uh, texting almost like obsessively about them. We had all gotten really nuts when um, Kim Kardashian put out this like weird little app game. Uh, ho- what was it Kim called? Kardashian Kim Kardashian Hollywood. Hollywood. And we just went like felt went down the rabbit hole. And like you buy outfits and you go on like trips and it's like very silly Kardashian stuff. And we just like it would think it was like a safe space where we could admit that we were like spending a lot of time and in some cases money on it uh and then yeah that's just to me like we we started to just use it as this place that we were talking a lot about them but in regard to like pop culture and feminism and a lot that we just had wanted to talk about and I think to me I was just like you know I don't understand why the more people aren't talking about a family that essentially sits at the center of all things pop culture like we talk about them constantly but there's it's in this sort of like narrow framework. And to us, and, I think it was this feeling of like this family touches everything from TV to fashion to sports to music like they are at the center of everything. And whether you love them or hate them, there's just a lot to say. Also, like we are decidedly not haters. Yeah, we are cheerleaders of these women. <laughs> we, we love, love them. everything they do. So that was it. It was just a thought of like, uh, what if we spent you know, I'll probably way too much time talking about uh, a family that seems to be like consistently interesting, but trying to really put it through the lens of like feminism and pop culture and things that we just like talking about. Yeah. So that was it. So what are the, tell me one thing that you really love and admire about them. And then tell me one thing that drives you bananas about them. Ah, Okay. Well, I really love the family aspect. I feel like they are such a tight family. 
uh, and they really go hard for each other. And I just think that's really nice. And what I hate about them is they are very unapologetic when they step into the wrong zone. Like when Mm. they are culturally appropriating, they will not apologize and they really should, but they don't apologize because they know they're not ready to stop. I like those. Those are good, Marcy. Jess, what do you think? Um, my first one is probably very similar. I think it's kind of more like adjacent to yours. Um, I think that it's like rarely talked about how po- like that it's a powerful matriarchal family um, and literally inside each of their family units, uh, but particularly with like Chris as the family matriarch and especially as the show has continued, like literally in the in the open, the, the opening like credits now, there's no men. And I think that that is something that like is not represented on a lot of television, especially reality TV um, in terms of like family structure. And so I think that it just shows like powerful women who uh, run their own businesses and run their families. And I, I think that's probably my favorite thing. Women in power and, and not about the men in their lives. Yeah, that their power is derives from their singular pursuits and their families and that they are just really like driving it. Yeah. Um, I think that the thing I hate sometimes I don't know if this will come out right. The thing I hate sometimes is that they are easily hateable in a certain sense. And that is frustrating to me. I think that like there is this like veneer on them that is very like consumerist driven and like can just feel thin and crass and promoting like a lot of just sort of like inane unnecessary bullshit and I think it ends up making them look a lot like smaller um than they are and less important than they are so I don't know if that makes sense but I just think I wish that they like um were a little a little more likable to a lot more people (laughs) because I think on from my perspective I'm like they're so interesting and great they're fascinating I appreciate, I, who did I say this to last night? Gosh, oh, I think I said to my husband the other day. I said, I, I understand why people get frustrated with them, but as somebody who works tirelessly to market, you know, the show that I create or what I write, I have enormous respect for how they've developed a career out of marketing themselves. People have no idea how hard it is to market a product or a service or themselves until they're in that game. Yeah. So I am always really impressed with the way that they've been able to craft that. I am impressed with the way that they are often incredibly honest about aspects of their life because I'm someone who chooses to live my life that way. Um, because I think it helps people relate to you, and I just feel like it, 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 as a way of coping with life's troubles, it's always best to sort of crack yourself open because it's, it's always surprising how much people can relate and support you. But at the same time, I'm often frustrated with the things that they won't discuss despite being on a television show. So, for example, we can talk about addiction issues, but we're not allowed to to address the fact that Chloe clearly has a different father. So it's like, <laughs> well, that's too personal and that's too private, but it's like, but you just talked about how you have a vaginal rash and cottage cheese just came out of your vagina. Right. And that your mother had an affair, but I'm somebody who always wondered about my own DNA. So it's like, well, that is something that's a glaring issue and you're not addressing that. So I that mean, drives me crazy. And the last thing that drives me crazy is that 
we as women know how incredibly difficult it is to navigate self-esteem in your 20s and I'd say your early 30s. I mean, it never it never goes away. But those, I think that's actually the teens, 20s, early 30s. It's really, really difficult. And the way that they've transformed their bodies and some of their faces in the time since they started the show is really um, jarring sometimes. And I think I would be a little bit more comfortable if they were a little bit more honest about it because I think that it sets a precedent for other women where they feel as if they need to look a certain way. And look, it's easy to say, but they're on television. But, you, you know, Kylie made a, put out a tweet about, you know, something to the effect of who even looks at Snapchat anymore? And that made a dramatic impact on Snapchat's business. So to say that they are not incredibly influential is, is terribly wrong. So, when you have the influence that they do, which is enormous, I wish that they would be a little bit more aware of how in every episode they have perfect makeup. They don't have any lines in their face. And listen, I have, I'm pregnant with my fifth child. I will tell you that every child that you have, and I'm sure you agree with me, it, children rip the beauty from their face. Uh, uh, I, so, won't, I won't agree with you, it, Kate. Like, I don't have kids, so I, mean, I, it I can't. <laughs> I mean, uh, I won't but say that because like, I, yeah. But like children and life experience, it gives you lines in your face. Yeah. And even the person, I live in Newport Beach, California, and I, I'm telling you, even the women that spend a ton of money on injectables and all that stuff, there's still lines on their face. It's physically impossible yeah. to be a 38-year-old woman and to not have lines in their face. So for women, young girls, to look at that and to compare themselves, I worry about that sometimes. Yeah, it it is an impossible standard to to rise to. So I, I agree that that is that is a part that makes it hard. But um, I also think that they have five more seasons at least, at least five more seasons, <laughs> and I hope we get to the bottom of Chloe's dad before <laughs> this series wraps I on really, up. I mean, and by the way, it would be no big deal to me if they said. Yeah, it's been a weird issue, but here it is. Right. And they kind of cracked it open and talked about it. I think most people would go, okay, by the way, we understand because we've got a weird cousin that we don't think looks anything like anybody else. I mean, right. yeah. I look nothing like my sister. So it's, you know, every single family can relate to that. So yes, I wish that if they were to be honest, they would be honest about all things. I mean, it, they could even make it funny. Yeah, I think that they have very, like, interesting and bizarre boundaries. And I think that that's, like, what makes it kind of... There's no... There isn't always, like, a lot of rhyme or reason. Like, clearly Rob has been suffering from, like, something beyond just, like, oh, he's a little depressed and he gained weight. Um, And we already know that they'll go to, like, great lengths to hide addiction, like they did with Lamar for a long time. And, like, there is just a lot of space that remains, like, very kind of cloudy and questionable. And then a lot of times you find out much later what it was about. I I mean, they're even kind of weird about how much they're willing to talk about Scott's addiction problems. They also want to use them, but they won't really say what they are either. So it's, they're weird when it comes to that stuff. And they're very classic enablers. Yes. Very codependent too. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if that might be one of the things I hate the most, that is that they, I think really, really represent to me, like 
the most archetypical enablers. Yes. And particularly to men. And that it's like it, you have these like powerful self-made women who then kind of tend to surround themselves with men who like suck their life force and have like are just I, not you know grown. What? I totally agree. They're just not totally grown. I agree. You have these really strong women and they all seem to be with duds in some way. Yeah. Chloe seems to be in a different sort of relationship. She had Lamar for a while, which was a disaster, but I don't know. She seems to be with somebody who's more of, her, more of an equal, and perhaps I think that because she has kept that relationship somewhat private. Yeah, yeah. I think they're definitely learning slowly, uh, or maybe not, but that it feels that way, that they're a lot more cautious with the, the men that they bring into their orbit now. As I'm sure those men are too, because they, I mean, it's pretty easy to see that once you like step in, it was like, what was it? James Harden, that basketball player who dated Chloe was like, oh, it was like the worst nine months of my life. Right. Like being connected to that world and the show and the whole thing, you know, like, I don't like him. Though. Yeah. I mean, he stinks, but yeah, <laughs> but that beard smells terrible after a game. Maybe, maybe they don't talk about Rob because they feel like it's his story to tell at some point, but this is what I feel about Rob. I always say this. I choose to live in a parallel universe, and this is my universe, where Rob graduated from law school, top of his class, and got married young. He married a girl, let's go with the name Brielle. He and Brielle had children early, and the girls look to him as almost like a father figure because he's so pulled together in his life and... So they go to him, since their father's not alive anymore, for life advice, and he has this successful marriage, and he's successful in a career that's outside of, you know, the entertainment industry, like he's a corporate real estate attorney or something. And that's the, that's the world I like to live in, because I believe <laughs> that something, something he, he drove off the road at some point, but if he had stayed on that road, that's what would have happened. You know what's really interesting about that theory, Kate, is that when I'm hearing it, what I'm almost hearing is like, if Rob didn't have to contend with such strong, powerful women who made him feel like a loser, he might've been something, mm -hmm. but it's almost like unless he gets to be like, cause I don't think he handles women very well. Mm. I, I think with his sisters, he shuts down or like makes fun of them, but like he doesn't do a whole lot of, feeling proud about them unless it's proud about them in relation to the men they're with. But like, I think that's you hit the, I think you like tapped into something that like the matriarchy makes men like Rob, uh, sink to the bottom and it doesn't help. Like, and it's really weird how like maybe, I don't know, a different type of man would take these women and like soar with them, but he's yeah. not the kind of person that could do that. Or maybe even just without the father figure, like, yeah, yeah. But it is an interesting, uh, I, I also too have a fantasy in which he uh, f finishes law school and marries just a normie. Yeah. We had, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. I forget how that came up, but we were talking about like, uh, alternate. Yeah. Rob what or, like, we want for Rob. Oh, Cause we were talking about, do we think that there's a, uh, like a phoenix rising from the ash yeah, for Rob. Like, like a comeback. A comeback for Rob. And we're like, no, he has to be away from this. Yeah, there's no like in front of a camera comeback for Rob. Yeah. It's like he either steps away and tries to live a normal life or this is what's up for a while. So, Kate, I have a question for you. So you are watching like... 80% of reality shows. All of the shows. Right? Am I correct? Or yeah. so You are correct. Yeah. What, what is your like... What's your top five 
Ooh. Or even top three and tell me why. Top three. That's probably easier. Top three. Well, it, well, it always changes, but I would say the ones that left it like a mark. I would say the number one was this show produced by Mike Fleiss. It was before he started The Bachelor. Put him on the mark. It was called High School Reunion. Mm. And there were like four seasons of it. And they would take these graduates like 10 years out. I they would have them live in a mansion in Hawaii for two weeks. It was like every architect from high school. I remember like nerd, that. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Cool guy. And I love to see that show because it really, um, it was just interesting to see who stayed the same, who changed, who was interested in who, who was a success, who was a loser. Because I always say that I was this strange child who has always been very interested in people. I have this Savanchian quality where, like, I remember every detail about a person it's like the bill clinton syndrome it's like i remember everything like he in the same way he does wow so i used to sit on my mom's floor and look through her 1963 radnor high school yearbook and ask her about every person in her class what, what street did they live on and what were their siblings names and what did their dad do and what did their mom do and what was their family like and when they went to college what did they study when they came back for reunion what were they like and i remember her telling me about abby this girl who was such a loser in high school and she was really, really skinny and she couldn't get a prom date. And then at the 10 years she came back and she was the Chantilly uh, perfume girl in Paris and all the men lost their minds. They all were like killing themselves to talk to her and she never forgot that no one would take her to the prom. I just felt like, like that is the sweetest revenge. So I love stories like that where you take people and put them back into a situation and see how their relationships change. And I've always liked the Real Housewives franchise. And sometimes I feel like in the last couple seasons of different franchises, they've lost sense of this. But I think what made them successful from the beginning was that the show really highlights the complexities of women and interpersonal communication. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the classism, like all the elements of like really interesting interpersonal communication within a group of women. So I do like that. There was a show that I watched with my husband when we were first dating, we took a trip to Hawaii and we were watching in a hotel room. And my husband is totally different than me. He watches more movies and runs a software company, but he got captivated by a show that we caught on that vacation. It was called my big fat obnoxious fiance. (laughs) And it was the bartender from Grey's Anatomy. And he played this really obnoxious fiance. And the producers have come to this really sweet girl from Colorado and said, your job is to convince your family that he is your fiance. And if you can do that in like a week, we will give you this lump sum of money. (laughs) And the kicker was, she thought that the guy was, you know, was going to go along with everything, but he was actually like planted by the producers to try to sabotage it for her. So he's really nice and sweet, but then her family shows up to the resort to meet her new fiance and they bring in his family, which are all actors. And it it was so absolutely hilarious. Mm. So that's one of my favorites. And then the last one was a show called the Joe Schmo show on Spike. And that was like, I probably 20 years ago at this point, Kristen Wiig was on it. And they had all these people living in a mansion. And what Joe Schmo didn't know was that everybody else in the house was an actor. 
So, uh-huh. and he was like the most earnest, sweet person, but Aww. he didn't learn until the end that they were all actors. But, I mean, the characters, I mean, Kristen Wiig played a therapist who had been married five times. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just, and you guys would appreciate it because you come from an improv background too, that the, the people who were in the home did such a great job. Yeah. Uh, so I recommend those. So High School Reunion, I like Real Housewives, early seasons, my big fat obnoxious fiance, and the Joe Schmo show. Those are fun. That I love that. That's such. That's like a cool combo of deep cuts too. That yeah, yeah Mick. I immediately want to go back and go watch. <laughs> um. Well, if you're ready, we could jump right into this finale episode of season 14. I know. What an honor to get to have to do the finale and get to have such a special guest. It's a real treat. I'm so sad to hear that's the finale. I know. I know. There's I know. that's the yeah. th- thing with the Kardashian. There's not like a lot of like there's not going to be a big fight at like uh, a, a party at the end of every season, like on The Real Housewives. It just kind of is like. Maybe you'll see some cute footage you haven't seen from their childhood, but that's right. it. Right. This, yeah, this was yeah. not, not a climax. <laughs> yeah. So we have like kind of, it's broken down into like, we have the uh, girls are going on a trip to San Francisco. Um, you know, we're worried about is Kim not bonding with her baby because she has a surrogate Chloe's uh, gender reveal and then a little a little nod to Scott and Courtney. Yeah, there was like a little extra fourth storyline. Yeah. They and kind of like I did, didn't know where to put it in my notes. I was like I, I just tacked it on to San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. So I was Boundary. like I don't know what this one was. Boundary issues with Scott. Yeah, because so. they kind of tried to weave it into oh, like right. Courtney's distraction and then I felt like they were like well we got to resolve it yeah. or something. Um, yeah, well where should we start? Um, well, this cold open, the only thing notable about the cold open where they're talking about the Chappelle show yeah. and name dropping is when you see the three shot with Chloe, Chris and Kim. Yeah. It is so glow. I it is know. so glowy because they only shoot Chris with a soft lens. I love Chris's forever lighting wherever she goes. The most beautifully lit woman in the world. I would do anything. Can you imagine if we got to have that for one second, how we would look? I mean, it looks really crazy on Kim, though, because a flawless person. Right? Uh, no, th- this whole... I loved this uh, cold open because I also love... Um, and I feel like you'll appreciate this. I love Kanye's uh, affinity for comedy. Uh, yes. you, he, like, how he puts, like, Will Ferrell samples on his albums and stuff. And, like, I love... I would do anything to watch Kanye at a comedy show. Like, yes. laughing hard. Yeah. Like, really cutting loose he's and laughing. He's a big fan. Um, yeah, then we have the... Then I guess they're going... So we have this... We go into this like kind of chronologically to go into this idea that um uh, we're gonna find out about the gender of this baby right um and Kim does this thing again and you could probably speak to this Kate but Kim is constantly scaring Chloe yeah with mom things <laughs> with like pregnancy issues mom issues she's constantly trying to like drive fear into Chloe I think it's this I don't have a degree in psychology but I like to say I have a degree in armchair psychology number one. She feels tremendous guilt because she can't carry her third child. Ooh. So she's trying to to remind people all the time yeah. how difficult her pregnancies were to justify the fact that she's having a surrogate. And you know what? I don't blame her for using a surrogate. I'm not judging her. I never have. 
you want to grow your family and you have health issues, who can't back you up? I've had friends that have used surrogates. So I think that's her insecurity about using a surrogate. So she needs to remind that on camera. That and is also, so fair. I do think that she likes to remind everybody that she is like the most knowledgeable all the time. One thing that I always do- have not liked about the Kim Chloe relationship, I've never gotten past is that she had often, she often said in the first couple seasons that when her father was passing away, that he had said to her, I don't worry about you, Kim, make sure you take care of Chloe. Hmm. The irony is I think Chloe's probably the most, she's probably the strongest out of all of them. Yeah. The most resilient. And I think that that really cut Chloe to the core for a couple of seasons. Like, why would you keep saying that? First of all, we don't even know if it's true. Uh, but if it was true, why do you have to tell people? Like, why can't you keep that to yourself? I would never want to repeat that. That's hurtful. Um, so I always feel like she still wants to remind everyone that she's sort of like this, the alpha sister. So I think it's a bit of that. Insecurity about the surrogacy and reminding Chloe that she is more knowledgeable about every aspect of life. That's very, very insightful. Yeah. I, I haven't thought of it like that, but like it all rings very true hearing you say that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that they even in the episode cut to when talking about the surrogate and this like kind of random, this coincidence that they both have, that sounds like the similar placenta issue that they even cut to the footage of Kim in all that pain. Yeah. Like, from her previous pregnancies, it's almost like they are visually reminding like, yeah, she has gone through a lot. Her pregnancies have been very hard on her and they have been. Yes. But it is like, yeah, maybe baked into the storyline a little bit more because it does feel like very pronounced how much she's like, it's going to be so bad. It's so nasty. Yeah. Be, get ready. And I'm no, sure wait, there's like not. a big sister. I, 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 I'm currently pregnant with my fifth child. It's not that bad. Like, it down. I also <laughs> didn't like it outside of the show that I didn't like it that the surrogate had the baby and then three days later she keeps posting pictures of her in like a bikini or I don't know why I don't know if anybody would agree with me but it was almost disrespectful to the surrogate in my opinion like oh interesting I don't another woman gave you this incredible gift of giving birth to your child and I would think that the, there would be some sort of, even just opposed with like, you know, words or something about gratitude, but it seems a little bit, um, it little seems a little off to be posting pictures of you of yourself in a bikini. It seems odd to me. It's interesting too, because I, I mean, I think it is like the timeline of it does seem weird, but it feels like Kim has like an Instagram personality. And then the rest of the, and then like her reality TV personality. And then, so like, I feel like it feels very on brand for her social media personality to be like, this is what I'm selling you. This is why I did this. Like I, this is the thing that I got from this and it's vain and it can feel shallow, but it is her. I mean, I think she's been kind of progressively pushing this like visual narrative of like a very physically like her she's a mom and she wants you to know it and her body is also a big part of the conversation yes. you know like it's this like i feel like it's an agenda you know yeah this but idea people like, are posting like mom of three and it's like okay i guess right like, uh i don't like i it mean it feels like she's it's she's like 
looking almost to court that conversation yes. in a certain sense, you know, because especially I think, I think she's such a good, she's so good at stirring it up in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I often look through, looks through the lens of, of being a former publicist, which I was for like 17 years. And I always think to myself when I watch these shows, if they would only call me and ask me for some advice at the first, okay. So if you don't post a picture of yourself in the first four days after someone gave birth to your child, wearing, you know, scantily, you know, if you're not scantily clad, it's, it's, it's not going to hurt lipstick sales, right? So what people would relate to is if you were maybe perhaps holding a black, a black and white photo of the baby on your shoulder with your eyes closed, with your hand on the, on the back, with some sort of thing about your enormous gratitude for, you know, the gift of someone else's, um, you know, body to help you grow your family. And then I would at some point do an interview where she said, you know, I'm in this precarious position because I am under tremendous pressure to have a, a body a certain way. And the reality is I've given birth to two children. I'm almost 40 years old and I have lines on my face and I have stretch marks on my body and I could do all the cool sculpting in the world, but it doesn't change the fact that there are lines on my face and scars on my body because I've lived a good life. And I want other women to know that they should be proud of those scars and those stretch marks. Yeah, that's a, that's, so I, I feel like, if she did that, she would have an even bigger audience of supporters. I think you're but right. She but... does the opposite yeah, by, yeah. by 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 have, choosing this narrative where I'm a sexy mom. Mm-hmm. There's no disagreement that she's a sexy person. There's no one who's ever in disagreement about that. Her mother is a sexy person, and she's in her 60s. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that she would have a much wider fan base if she did that. And I also kind of like love her for not choosing that. Like, I think that's what I kind of like about her. I'm like, she's a very flawed person and she's very self-absorbed. And I think it's funny. <laughs> like I do my friends who I'm like, well, I wouldn't introduce you to anybody, but I really get a kick out of you. Like you crazy. You're a crazy person. Uh, this is inappropriate. I'm really enjoying your bad behavior. <laughs> Well, so we, so yeah, um, we have this surrogate storyline moving along, right? So we, we learn that the, that they have this like shared placenta situation. Um, and then the next scene is, Court, re- yeah, Courtney's worried that like, she's not, uh, relating to pregnancy. So she goes to bye bye baby, which feels insane of them to ever walk in a bye bye baby. Yeah. I like. I, I can't imagine. I agree. I agree. <laughs> what would they ever buy at a Bye Bye Baby? Like, I just don't. It didn't track for me. Yeah, and I think it was all to set up that we hear that Kim does not want to have a baby shower, which we know from paparazzi photos and stuff. She did end up, and having. she sort of never does. Like, this is not the first time we've heard her. Like, she didn't want one with Saint. Yeah, but, yeah. And then it kind of culminates in like this meet. We finally get to meet the surrogate. Yes, Lorena. Lorena, and I was, uh, I was. I kept thinking, are they going to show her? No, they filmed it in such a like specific. They showed way. enough of her where we could figure it out. But yeah. um, and I don't know. It, it was really nice to meet the surrogate because I felt that she was so kind and sweet. And like, yeah. I understood her part in it. Totally. A lot. Well, also, I suspect that she was a military wife. I know from 
I had a former client that was an, um, a, a fertility lawyer, mm. and then I've had friends that have used surrogates. That a lot of military wives become surrogates because, Ooh. Lord knows, they don't have a lot of income, oh. and, and you want a surrogate that's already had a child. So I would have liked to have, you know, it, I totally understand protecting her identity, but they could say. You know, we're enormously grateful to Lorena because she's given us this incredible gift. But you should also know that she's a mother and she is also a military spouse. And we should all remember the enormous sacrifice these families make. And that would have been even more powerful message. Yeah, that's such an interesting insight. That, yeah. That's really, I never knew that, that, mm-hmm. that that was a common thing for military wives. Yeah. Um, I was really struck in the scene, the, in the scene where Chloe and Kylie are talking to Lorena yes. and I just had this, like <gasps> those three wombs right there. Like it just made me feel like, I don't know. I thought that was a very magical moment and I was like, <gasps> the exciting. babies are meeting. It's a very, it was like a real thrill of like for, to, to, you know, we know that all these pregnancies are going on simultaneously. Uh, and I think there's something really thrilling about realizing like, Oh my God, these sisters are all having children at the same time. They like, we get to see like, obviously like Penelope and rain and all the kids, uh, that are out of the womb. Um, hanging out and like being so close and living their lives and growing up together. And I think it was this realization for me where I was like, here comes the next group, you know, like they're coming right around the bend and yeah, to get to see like the two pregnant sisters together, like, and also having Lorena there being part of that. And was it the first time we've seen Kylie pregnant on the show? That I remember. I I have have no memory of seeing, I wrote it down in my notes as like, oh my God, first time Kylie's pregnant on, on camera. Um, and then they had that really interesting Q&A, basically, with her, uh, which was, like, kind of an intense setup, I thought. But also, like, it was really – I thought they, like, provided – there's so much um, – there's so many questions, I think, to lots of people – for lots of people about surrogacy. And it was in the way that the show likes to kind of, like, open up a conversation in a platform, I felt like they were – it was very intentional – to basically answer what what are probably many people's questions about how surrogacy works you know like how does the what is the moment after birth like like are you sad like when Chloe was just like flat out like so is it like depressing you know and like kind of just asked it in that really like basic way of like what is this like and getting to hear uh, a first person response and obviously it like varies from I'm sure every surrogate to surrogate but um, I thought it was fascinating. I like. I really thought that was like a very cool and interesting scene. Well, certainly a modern conversation. Yeah. Right. Baby, baby, yeah. Babies come in all different ways now, and I like that they've been open about fertility issues because I think that there's a large segment of women that appreciate them being open about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like that she was really open about this. I suspect part of it was because she was pushed because there were questions about whether or not she was doing this for vanity reasons. Right. And had she not been open about her pregnancies before about the health risks, um, I think people would probably be confused by it, but she's always been pretty open about her fertility. So I am somebody who loves babies. So, you know, to see them all there, you know, with this like, new round of children being born i mean i love stuff like that yeah i mean the babies rain rain june is my favorite cast (laughs) member 
<laughs> I love Rain so much. I love the part in the show where I don't know why, but he's a. I guess Coco uh, or Chloe must have sneezed, and he's a bless you, Coco, bless as he walked you, out Coco. of the room. I love him. Um. All right. So I guess we jump to San Francisco. Ooh. Um. Their plane ride there. I thought they were giving some major shade to that pilot by including the bumpy takeoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and their Lux jet. Um. <laughs> Yes, it did not look very comfortable. I like seeing them because we do only see them looking like so glamorous and gorgeous on their private jet. And I love them getting like tossed around uncomfortably. <laughs> and then we know that we have to come back early because of Eunice. Yeah. Um, I in this episode, did anyone else get the feeling that Courtney likes Eunice more than Eunice likes Courtney? Oh, interesting. I mean, it was definitely the most like this was the episode where I felt like she was the most clearly in the throes you know yes. like by yeah picking him up at the airport and even when we just hear her in the car the way she says in that like breathy voice that they make fun of her for where she's like sleep good baby and yeah. like hangs with the phone and I was like damn and then later at the pretty little things uh, yes. uh launch uh party she's like starry eyed yeah for him. and she like is like trying to like eat his lips whenever yeah. he kisses her and he he backs off first yep and I was like god I think she might like him more than he likes her <laughs> uh, well we definitely get that kind of like woven into this storyline and we because we basically we get we learn first of all they like le- lay the kind of groundwork for this thing of Scott in the boundary issues that we'll deal with later uh, that he's like wandering into the house wandering into her house basically <laughs> he's just drunk yeah he right? doesn't know he doesn't know where he he's is like, you see my sunglasses <laughs> I gotta go I gotta leave the gates today <laughs> And then they get up to the Fairmont. Oh you, my gosh, which I is so lo- beautiful. And I thought of you because it's we get really ghosty. Yeah, they really they put they said the hotel is haunted, but it really was upsetting that it did not pay off in any ghost hunting. <laughs> I'm sure Chloe would have ghost hunted if yeah. if I were Chloe's sister, and maybe I am. Um, <laughs> I think we would have ghost hunted. And I also loved how that uh, Fairmont historian put Marilyn Monroe. Min- Min- Monroe on blast like he did yeah wow really outing her <laughs> yeah he was like she'd sneak in and you know she'd get right at JFK I love that I love that whole hotel I love a classic uh three sisters trip yeah it's always like my that's probably my favorite storyline on the show yeah they always have to bicker about who's looking at their phone too much mm-hmm. and then they're gonna get to some fun and yeah so- I kept thinking what would it be like if they had to live in a city like, if they had to live in a building like that, like in New York City, oh. the doorman, like, could they, would they be capable of living? Could Courtney live in a city? Instead of her sprawling Calabasas mansion? Yeah. I don't think they could do it for more than three months at a time. No. They almost seem out of place in, like, that setting, you know? Yeah. Like they, I'm so only used to them, like relaxing on like outdoor chaise lounges by like the, an Olympic size pool in their like huge gigantic airy white houses. It's like, I can't really see them in like narrow hallways and like, you know, like I just yeah, don't feel like they're designed like, for it. You know, uh, I always say I like San Francisco, but it is like a New York with too many Hills. <laughs> and I don't understand how they could do it with the shoes they wear. <laughs> it would be very hard. Yeah. Well, you and, know, and also, I've thought about this a lot lately in the last couple of months is, you know, people always say, or at least they say on the show, or they make it seem like it's impossible for them to navigate through life without being, you know, their picture taken and people bothering them. And it's impossible to have a normal life. 
then you take into account the way that Kylie was able to stay out of the public eye for months and months. It's a choice. It's possible for them. So, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more episodes where they're forced to be around other people and do situations that are more typical of a normal person versus getting tours of the Fairmont into penthouses that no one will ever see mm-hmm. and being driven in like chauffeured cars, but maybe, you know, going to a restaurant in the middle of a city and then taking your kids to the local park. Yeah. I wonder if those... I have to believe that it is possible in some way. I just wonder if those days are over ever since the robbery. I don't know. Because I, I... we've talked about before that particularly post robbery, like the amount of scenes in a regular episode that now just take place inside of their houses, like the bulk of shooting, I would say 80%, 70% of the show now is like inside one or all of their houses. And that it's like, that's the primary set basically. And that's not really how it was before. Like there, they were out and about and they were in the city and they were going to events and stuff. And it's like, that has just become like, so rare. But is, that, is that is that all because of security, or is it all, or is it partly because of aesthetics? Probably you both. Know, they live in these very white homes, and the camera would—it's a better look when it's more. Oh, I'm sure it's so it's much. Yeah, so much more. Con- I'm sure they're like home. more controlled and everything. Like, for, I bet the whole production is so much happier to deal with their houses. Oh yeah, but it is. And like, I, there's a lost story. And I think they do like multiple setups in a day, so they'll like be like, let's work on this storyline and let's finish up the. They'll round out their stories. Like they they they, go, they book in their stories in the houses, and because they, so. they literally all have glam rooms, so it functions like essentially a studio, right? Because yeah. it's like they're probably easy to light because they have huge high ceilings. And then, yeah, they go to their closets, they change, they have their glam change, and they can, like, literally shoot it out like it's a TV set. Yeah. And it's, like, so much easier. They did say something in a San Francisco hotel where someone was looking for something, and Chloe said, well, it's probably in the glam room. Yeah. And when she says, like, stuff like that, you get, sh- it's, like, shaking you back into reality that they've probably blocked out nine rooms. Yeah. Themselves, their makeup team, the time that goes into putting all their looks together and it, it, it it's shocking when you really put that into perspective also that scene where courtney's running around frantic i've never i've never seen frantic courtney before oh when she like messed up her shirt she's yeah and they're yeah. like it's because you're on your phone but like i literally haven't seen I've, I've never seen a frantic courtney she's normally so cool and she wasn't she was not yeah it was really interesting like it, it is like yeah they go on this trip and they're so isolated like even their alcatraz trip it was is so it was at night at night alone it was just them on a boat them at alcatraz with the guy like it's so cool like private tours i mean i was like that's exactly what i would like because i don't of, want to deal with people either of course but it was very weird to be like they got a whole island to themselves yes they got to like rent out Alcatraz. Also, do those editors hate Courtney or what? They put her on blast with that. Can we not film while I'm on the phone? No, that's not a tr- that's not a normal thing. That's not meant to be. A- make no, the cut. not at all. Um, but yeah, it is funny because it's like, but you understand, like, if you imagine that, then like it's just the three of them and a bunch of camera people and producers that aren't talking to them, and they're like completely isolated there's no one else there it's like and then if they are on their phones no wonder you go crazy you know like just you and your two sisters who like I think about how annoyed and how easily annoyed I can ever get with like any family member and it's like 
if they are being like irritating and on their phones, you just are like, there's nobody else there. You yes. know, it's so it's like very interesting what a bubble they like end up their whole days and, and lives are. Uh, but yeah, then we get this like Alcatraz tour, which was uh, this was like a very historically minded uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do like that that one that one moment they're screaming that each other are whores. Oh, are you fucking pregnant whore? Are you pregnant whore? <laughs> Last time I was in Costa Rica, I looked crazy. Uh, Chloe's screaming. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, ooh, cute. Take a picture here. Like, oh my God. they get over it so fast. They do. They've been fighting for a long, long time. They, I mean, I would never be able to call my sister a whore Mm-mm. and then us have a fun time 10 minutes later. It's their MO. It's no, crazy. I definitely could do that with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> very lucky. Very lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we get this kind of storyline about how uh, Courtney is like just on the phone being really yeah, like distracted. It's pretty boring. And I, I thought because I was just like, well, you always you trade no, off who no does news. this. There's no news. That is like the most like clear fact. But like, they got over it so fast, too. Yeah. So and then we just get like, honestly, a very cool tour of Alcatraz. I've taken an Alcatraz tour and I did not well, know there was like a dungeon. No. And then like, yeah, it was a fun tour of Alcatraz. Then they were at the Yang King the next day. Oh, Yang Sing. It's the uh, Yang Sing is like, oh, a, sorry. No, yeah. it's, I only was because I was very excited because that's where I get dim sum when I, I go to I San like, Francisco. I swear I've been there yes. before. Yes, we've I'm sure you've been because whenever we go for Sketchfest, it's where like lots of people go. But I noted in the scene that there Chloe's doing the snap Snapchat filter and I was like wow when you see the Snapchat filter versus the real camera version I was like it's a big difference <laughs> rough and rough our, to out them and our friend of the show Mariah Smith wrote in her uh, keeping up with the continuity errors she wrote the following morning the Kardashians and their production team continue to try and come from my uh, hashtag K-U-W-T-K-E wig by showing Chloe's Snapchat and Chloe's talking about and taking of the actual Snapchat. Yes, this is a form of cyberbullying, but I will persist because <laughs> that's all uh, uh, Mariah does her recaps is she, I think, screen grabs Snapchats on the date that they're happening oh. and then checks them later. I love that. I love that. That's I a, love it. Very I think smart. they're very aware of her doing that. Too. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that they haven't because it's not like a minor publication and it's I the mean, only she's person doing it. Literally spoken to Kim and Chloe about it. So, yeah, well, there you go. Um, uh, yeah. And I don't know. It just it ended up being a nice trip. Yeah, uh, it, they ended in a good place as they always do. Yes, and it even trips. had a recap about how they did end in a good place. Yeah, it was like thank you, thank you. We and get Courtney's it. like, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Courtney's the worst member of the cast. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty unlikable in general these days. I used to love I Courtney know. so much. Maybe Eunice is not good for her. Well, as, as for her appeal. I least. don't know if Eunice is going to be around much longer. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, then we get back and they, then we have this sort of we find out storyline. The gender reveal. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Right. That, so we 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 get back to the Chloe's going to find out the sex of her baby. And I don't understand why Kylie wanted to other than like, yeah, this made no sense to me. Maybe they were using the same doctor and like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense that a doctor would rele- release medical information about to someone. your sister. So but, she can call you. That made, that made no sense. Yeah, that I, made kept, no sense I kept thinking I missed something. I was like, oh, this is connected to some like old I mean, bit or bet. Chloe even essentially said eh, she wants to feel involved. <laughs> so odd though you're having a baby why do you need to be managing why do you have to be the control through which their baby i, I just was know. so confused by it 
And then she finds out that I'm so interested to hear your thoughts on this, Kate. So when we find out that Chloe's having a baby girl, she immediately has is so upset about it. She's not happy. She visibly she had the stinkiest face about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was very I wasn't expecting that. Well, I suspected it was part of it is like this is her first baby and that. You know, the other two girls are having girls as well. And mm. for her, it took a little bit of the enjoyment from her about it being like mm. this unique pregnancy. Yeah, well, that and makes sense. I'm sure, I'm sure that having her, her boyfriend say how much he wanted a boy. I mean, that's a little bit pressure. I can say this because my, I did my own gender reveal this week. Oh. And my son really, really, really wanted a sister. And so it's my fifth baby. And they... So we, my husband hit this tennis ball and the pink powder came out and my son started to cry. And then I started to cry because I felt so bad for him. So I'm really, um, I don't feel like, I I don't feel any, um, I feel empathy for women in that situation because sometimes your brain, you know, you, you've come up with something in your head when, when you're told something different, sometimes it takes you a minute to wrap your brain around it. So I didn't like judge her at all. I thought that was a really honest, probably an honest reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about it too. And I was like, well, I think part of it is in their like family. She wants, like she's really close with Rob. Yeah. She wanted an older brother herself. And like, I don't, I think she kind of worries that if she has a bunch of girls, it'll be the same bitchy little trio that she's a part of. Yeah. And that maybe she like wants, like she would like boys, but I got good news for her. Her daughter already has a big brother because Tristan has a baby. No one ever talks about, and it's a boy (laughs) and it's only a year old. So she's in luck. It'll work out just how Chloe wanted. Yeah. She just (laughs) never acknowledged that that baby literally already has a a big brother. (laughs) And so that's, that's why I'm like, I don't think Tristan actually, Tristan got his boy. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think commenters were like already uh, calling that because it was just like, wait a minute. This is not just had a baby last summer. You can't put stakes on that. Yes. Um, but yeah. then, but then when we saw the Tristan reveal, she got excited. It was so cute. That was really sweet. And I felt that too, that she was like, you know, it just takes you a while. Like you were just saying, Kate, that it takes a while to come around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and also yeah. like, like she's uh, saying in that moment, like, it's like, I'm sure obviously Kate, you know this and we don't, but like you, there's this feeling like you have the feeling in your own body of what's like happening and, and envisioning it. And it must just be like, yeah, it's a totally it's one of two genders, you know, and it's like to suddenly be like, oh, it's the other one is different. I really hope that she's happy because he seems like a really nice person. I can't say the same about other people they've dated, but I don't know. It seems like they have a really nice relationship. I wrote the same thing. I, I think that right now he seems a lot nicer than her. Yeah. I mean, she's nice to him, but like, she's been a real, she's been a real, a cocoa beast lately, but. Well, I gotta say, I mean, I don't know, Kate, your thought on this, but like this thing of like having the baby in Cleveland and like, this must be really stressful to be like shooting the show and like. Like she was in Japan this week and she's like eight and a half. You know what, I don't, like, I actually was very surprised that people reacted to that, um, I, I, I'm the kind of person that just does shit right up to the end. So, yeah. yeah. I, you know, she has a private jet at her disposal. Exactly. I mean, she's not a normal person. Yeah. She probably has, like, a nurse that's traveling with her. I, I mean, come on, it's her first baby. She's not a complete idiot. Yeah. She, 
she's no dumb dumb. She's gonna have she's gonna have some sort of setup. That baby will be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All these babies have more money than any like than small countries of full of babies have. So they're fine. And then I guess like we round up the episode with a little chat with old Scott Disick old about Scott Disick, boundaries. It, he's not out of the picture yet. I mean, it really seemed pretty unimportant. And the only reason we're having it is because Courtney's really making space for Eunice. Yeah, it was definitely to let us know that Eunice is like that plus the party scene. Like, yeah, it was all about like, this is serious now. And mm-hmm. it, I want it to be clearly framed. And Scott was like, that's fine. Don't hug me anymore. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, also, um, let's not forget where he mentioned that he just went over to Chris's house and crawled in her bed with her. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I can't with these two. The boundaries. <gasps> Yeah, like the idea in a conversation about boundaries and he's like, I totally get it. And it's totally like bookended by like, yeah, so I crawled in your mother's bed what when I went over to hang out with her. So and I weird. Was like, I don't understand this. I always get the sense that he's just like wading through life. Yeah. Yes. I think that he like plays up his personality for the cameras. But I mean, what I've heard about their filming is that it's like murder trying to ask him to participate in any way. And then he shows up and he's a jerk to everybody. And then he films and he leaves. Yeah. I think they do that just to keep like tabs on him. Yeah. Yeah. Just to include him in filming. But I just get so frustrated with him. It's like, how hard is your life? You uh. don't work in an office. You have more money than you have to spend. You have great kids. You have like this enormous family that's, you know, will do anything for you. I mean, is your life really that hard? Have you ever like had to graduate from a co- from college and pay your own bills? No. Nope. Like your life's not that hard, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And well, that brings us to the end and then a lovely little look back montage. Oh yeah, the end of the they really just shoehorned a little end of the season. We got to hear the intro song all the way through, uh which we hadn't. Um I that- mean, yeah, that was it. Any yeah, so what do you think about how this ends as a, a, a season, Kate? Um, I'm kind of disappointed it's over. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to follow Chloe into, you know, the hospital, see her give birth. I think it's great that she's going to Cleveland, uh, that she's putting her relationship before the needs of production, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. I think that's great. Um, she just sort of is, goes to the beat of her own drum. Uh, I think it is fascinating, but... Kylie was able to keep her pregnancy so separate and she was able to, and I suspect part of that was because she did that dumb show that I know you guys reviewed and I love to hear your recaps of, <laughs> uh, the life of Kylie because oh, it was boy. such a garbage show. It was bad. Oh, so I boy. think she got such a uh, bad feedback for that. She thought maybe, and the fact that she was like a teenager pregnant, um, I, I, so I don't really care that much about her baby because I'm just not that invested, but I'm personally invested in Chloe's relationship. I'd like to see the baby. I want to see the delivery. Um, I do like to see the kids, but I, I'm like enough of North. I would like to see more Saints because I never get to see him. Yeah, I'd like no. to see Saints and Rain hang out. Me yes. too. I'd like to see them interact with the new babies. Mm. I want to see some of that Chicago too. Yes. Oh my God. Give me Chicago. That yeah. Baby. I think that's what we're going to, I think we'll get a lot more of that in season 15. So I think yeah. your wish will be granted. Fingers crossed. I hope that, I hope that Kim has another baby. I think 
she's probably really emulates her mom the way she's had all those kids. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm pushing everybody in the world to have more children myself. <laughs> but I think uh, it would be more fun if they all had more kids. I mean, she wants more. So I, I think that's another you're going to get a lot of wishes fulfilled. Yeah, Kate. they all do. <laughs> I mean, Courtney was talking about that was the whole last they, episode. They want so many kids and good. Have them all. They're beautiful. Yeah. God, they really are. Um, <laughs> Kate. This has been so much fun to talk with you. Yes, this was so fun to go through. This t- really flew by. Man, a whole season too. Now you're going to have to come back, but I'm going to make you watch something that's outside of Keep It Up With Kardashians. Yes, bring it. Please. Please. I would love, 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 love that. Please do. Yeah, Kate, I can't wait for that. Awesome. Kate, Kate can you tell? I'm going to have to I'm gonna find something, something so special. So obscure that you've never heard of it. Ooh, yes, 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 I yes, love yes. a challenge. We love it. We love it. Uh, Kate, tell yeah. our listeners where they can find you. So you can find my podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey, anywhere where you can find podcasts. I've got a Facebook group for my podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey, and we go deep diving on reality shows all week long. Um, it's really funny. And you know what I can say is that the people are really all really smart and funny, and they're not hateful just gross people you know sometimes yeah. the groups where you're like oh my god that person probably should get some medication they're like people who have like jobs that are as varied as like nurses and you know physical therapists to teachers and so i like it because it's their observations about the shows that we all watch and then you can also go to my website love and i write recaps of television shows throughout the week including real housewives bachelor vanderpump rules etc and I also write a lot about pregnancy and parenting and wandering through life with dysfunctional parents. Mm-hmm. So check that out. You can find me on Twitter at KKC. I like to tweet during shows. And you can find me on Instagram at KKCCA. And if you haven't seen my Instagram, you will see that I imitate celebrity outfits, including many Kim Kardashian outfits. Ooh. I'm going to go dive We're right in. We're doing that right away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and they, then tell everybody where they can track you down. Yes, you can find Cardition It on any place where you listen to podcasts. We have a Facebook group, uh, a Twitter, uh, Instagram, all Cardition It uh, or Cardition Pod. Um, we don't do any other homework. We're too lazy. Yeah, this but, is the best we got. Yeah, this is the best we got. We just do the podcast, um, <laughs> Cardition It, and that's three words. Uh, um, yeah. Anything else, Jess? No. I think that's it. And then I'm Marcy well, Lane on tw- Twitter. Oh, yeah. And Marcy I'm, Lane 2 on Instagram. And you're... JJJLA. On all the all socials. The Keeping it... And one thing I have to say I really enjoy about your podcast is that you are really thoughtful women who have great, great sense of humor, obviously, with your comedic background. But you're really um, just well-spoken, educated, thoughtful insightful women and I get a real kick out of your observations because you come from a place of uh, curiosity that I enjoy and respect. Kate, well, that's so nice you. of you. The same goes for you. And, uh, yeah, I'm so, uh, I loved hearing you with your armchair psychology with the sound yes. of more like actual psychology. And I love the type of guests. Like you're not just talking yeah. to people watching the shows. You're talking to people creating the yeah, shows, cast members. So, like, we can only hope to one day 
get a Tom Sandoval. Oh my God! On don't our even. Show? I wish. He was so nice. He's really nice. Oh, he's he really seems nice. charming. You know what? One of my most favorite interviews is with Jonathan Murray, who created Keeping Up with the Kardashians <gasps> and Real World. Of, of Bun and Murray, right? Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. The stories. Okay, we got to listen to that. That's amazing. Well, we're in awe of you. This was a real meeting of the minds. Yes. Thank uh, you for. Yeah. Um, thank you. BFF. Yay. Yay. Well, we can't wait to um, to do whatever show you dig up for us. Yes. Uh, hopefully sooner than later. And in the meantime, thank you so much, Kate. This was really fun. Thank you. Poder and family forever. Yeah. <laughs> and take over the world. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> That was so fun talking to Kate Casey. Someone, she knows a lot of stuff. She knows a lot of stuff about all the things. I am in awe. I used to be a real reality queen and kept up with a lot. And it, I'm like so impressed. And there's like more, there's like better stuff than ever now. And yeah. I like truly bow down to, I feel like she has like a PhD in it. Yeah. <laughs> she knows a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, I definitely feel like she was smarter than us. <laughs> but I think we like Kim more than she does. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I mean, maybe and so that's the balance of powers in this podcast. Maybe we love Kim more than any other two people alive. Who's I mean, it is a possibility. Guys, we're not done with this. Even though the season is over, we're going to yes. still keep up. And we're going to have oh, fun guests and do other weird stuff. We don't even know because we haven't planned it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you listen to this podcast and you can tell that we are intricately planning the next episode. <laughs> Let's figure this out. Um, so, guys, uh, we release new episodes every Wednesday and we're going to forever. Please subscribe <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Check out our Twitter, Instagrams. Like our Facebook page. Email us corrections, comments, and Kardashian run-ins at kardashianit at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Campfire. Hey, so um, are you looking for like an amazing parenting podcast? No, because there's like That's, a million of them. Yeah, and they're dumb and they're boring. But you know what? Make you feel you bad. know what? Though, wait. There's a great one that I've heard of. It's called Why Mommy Drinks. Oh my gosh, that's my podcast. Yes, I know, and it's mine too. I'm Betsy Stover. I'm Amanda Allen. <gasps> and we are the co-hosts of Why Mommy Drinks. We each have three kids, and we're each so tired and very out of our minds. But we find time each week to interview an actor, a musician, a writer, you know, you name it, artists of all kinds, come into our studio and talk to us about those moments that just drove them to drink in parenting. You're going to listen to our podcast, and you're going to come away saying... Hey, I'm doing a pretty great job. My mommy.